Welcome to Weekend Trader. I'm Caroline Woods, and here to join me recap the week and preview the week to come is Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ben, always a pleasure to have you. Let's start with a recap. The war in Ukraine, of course, affecting commodities across the board, but let's hone in on oil to start. It's hitting levels not seen since 2008. Talk to me about the price action and how high you think it can go. Well, uh, Caroline, it was a busy week to say the least. And yes, geopolitical tensions, uh, news out of Russia uh, and their attack on Ukraine, really sending commodities for their second week, for the most part, tied to these geopolitical uh, events to the upside. And it wasn't just crude, but let's start there in terms of some of the bid activity. And while we're talking into a 13 year highs for the WTI, here you can see the run up this week to 116.57. And again, this didn't just start out this week or tied to these geopolitical tensions. Here you can see this is going all the way back to the beginning of December where we bottomed out around the $62 level. And taking a step back from the hourly time frame shows again uh, this move up. Here's that move from 62, as just mentioned, the beginning of December here. This goes all the way back to 57, though. If you take a look, we're talking March of last year. And then you can see how, again, with the geopolitical premium coming into play, it just went parabolic to the upside quick look at the weekly time frame just to get a feel for where we are now back to levels we haven't seen since the since the summer August of 2008 ultimately uh, this raises inflation concerns it's uh, you know again uh, concerning in many ways uh, when you hear not only in terms of uh, uh, the uh, humanitarian aspect in terms of what's playing out uh, in Hugh Ukraine, but also, again, in terms of the uh, inflationary con contributor here that ultimately it's going to pose for murky waters for the Fed to navigate in this March uh, meeting. Ultimately, it's, uh, uh, again, raising some eyebrows, to say the least, anytime you see crude up through this $100 level. And as we both made reference to, it's not just oil that's surging. We're seeing commodities really across the board. What else are you tracking, Ben? Well, let's take a look, because anytime you see crude oil to the upside, ultimately you can expect to pay more at the pump, and that sort of ties directly into those inflationary fears. So first and foremost, I want to just point out the relationship to some of these crude products that, well, heating oil, for example, you've got Arbob now. While natural gas here in the U.S. has come off, in Europe, I want to point out that this week it ended up around 85%, and that was after a 27% gain last week. So Europe's still dealing with an energy crisis, to say the least. Now, take a look at wheat. Anytime you're talking about uh, energy products on the rise, you're going to get inflation concerns sparked. But, well, now you're talking about the checkout lane as well with wheat prices on the move higher. And you can see also how, well, it wasn't just grains, beans and corn as well, enjoying multiple limit up days this week. But also look at this copper on the move higher. We had multiple metals. We had aluminum to new all-time highs, nickel to 10-year highs, palladium, silver for that matter, Caroline. You could throw a dart with a blindfold on and hit one of these metals markets that's on the move higher right now. The uh, lack of expectation in terms of what we'll see as far as production supplies coming out with the geopolitical disruption ultimately. I mean, uh, this really is widespread, again, from all the way from uh, crude products to wheat, basically, and everything in between. So as commodity prices are surging, we're seeing selling across equities outside of energy companies for the most part. And this flight to safety as the, uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation conflict intensifies. Talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of the dollar and rates. Well, it was interesting this week, Caroline. We actually uh, did see some intraday selling, but it was sort of limited on the bigger picture in terms of taking out any real key levels 
in terms of the indices to the downside. In fact, I think it was three of the four majors actually took out last week's highs, uh, but we're unable to see real follow through. I think the only one that didn't take out last week's highs was the Dow, but again, uh, kind of limited in terms of real energy to the downside, at least as we head into this uh, late day trade here this Friday afternoon. But yes, with the selling in the indices, oftentimes you get those safe haven type tendencies, that risk off mode comes into play. And there were recipients this week of that. We saw gold to the upside uh, back up and through that 1950 area and uh, short of those highs that we saw last month, but a nice run up nonetheless. And then also uh, the US dollar has been on the move higher. Let's dive into a couple products I think you should be keeping an eye on next week. Now I mentioned that energy crisis in Europe. They are the closest in terms of proximity as far as that Ukraine, Russia, uh, the war that's going on there and ultimately the ripple effect it could have on uh, the Western world economy. So well, you'd expect to see the euro currency coming off. It has been. We're talking multi-year lows. This is giving the U.S. dollar ultimately. Take a look. Here's the DX, the uh, futures contract, forward slash DX, that is a lift. Now, I want to remind everybody, if you don't have access to this futures product, just type in the dollar sign DXY. That'll get you the index, and you'll see, again, that it's been on the move higher, just shy of that 99 level this week. Uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell this week mentioned how uh, he expects a quarter point rate hike, and that sort of dialed back some of those 50 basis point rate hike concerns. So this move up in uh, Treasury futures, for example, in the U.S. dollar is not so much tied to Fed comments this week. It seems more tied to that kind of flight to safety type tendency. Also the yen, for example, I mentioned gold. We're seeing multiple products. Treasuries, for example, rates actually came off this week because Treasury futures products got bid up. The bonds up into the mid-159 handle. Uh, a good reflection, again, investors sort of moving away from some of those riskier assets into more stable and less volatile products. The war in Ukraine largely overshadowing February's better than expected jobs report mm -hmm. released today, but uh, wanted to ask what your what you think the key takeaways from that report are? Well, you know, I thought it was, uh, as you mentioned, important, better than expected for once. So we're seeing a tight labor market continue. We saw unemployment rate dip down to 3.8%. I think they were looking for 39 down from 4 But so, uh, again, a lower unemployment percentage-wise. We had a sharp move higher in terms of the non-farm payroll, similar to what we saw last month, a bit of a surprise to the upside. Now, the one thing that took uh, I took note of was the fact that wages didn't uptick. So there's been all this talk about how employers are going to have to bring more incentives, more bonuses, more, uh, well, higher hourly earnings to uh, um, uh, get lure more workers back in and uh, get them back behind the counters and um, helping us out at those checkout lanes that we were talking about earlier. There you can see, though, average hourly earnings. Look at that month over month at 0.0%. They were looking for 0.5. Prior got revised to 0.6. But there you can see the yearly number came in also below expectations. So this sort of eased some of those inflation concerns. Take a quick look at what happened here in terms of rates this week. I mentioned with the treasuries getting bid up, oftentimes, uh, well, you do see yields coming off futures to the upside, yields to the downside. Here, looking at the 30-year, back down below 2.2%. Look at the 10-year, back down below one8 this week. So again, that's a reflection, I think, of that. Well, for one strong jobs report, uh, limited inflationary pressures from the wages component there, but also those tendencies we were talking about in terms of with the indices coming off, geopolitical tensions, and that safe haven uh, flight to the treasuries. Well, you mentioned those that wage growth component possibly really alleviating some inflationary pressures with those wage 
price spiral fears, but next week the attention will turn from jobs to inflation because mm -hmm. we'll get the CPI report. Is there any hope, though, that inflation can cool with oil prices and commodity prices surging as much as they are? I don't think so, uh, Caroline. It makes me think of President Biden's uh, first State of the Union address this week. If you remember, uh, he talked about that. He talked about bringing down inflation, but he said it's not going to come from driving down wages. It's going to come from driving down costs. And that was the first thought that came to mind. How do you do that with crude oil at $116 a barrel? Well, we're off that high right now, but above 100 So, yeah, it's going to be difficult to uh, have any expectations for inflationary pressures to come off with crude continuing to spike. Now, uh, we will get a look at CPI, Consumer Price Index, and that's been at multi-decade highs. There you can see some of the other data that's due out next week. We've got jolts. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on the WASDE report, for example, tying back to some of those grain markets that we were talking about earlier. And there you can see CPI. Also, Friday, consumer sentiment. That's something to watch with inflation on the rise and uh, rates on the rise, ultimately. Where does sentiment kind of end up in all that? Because we all know this, this economy is driven and uh, fueled by the consumer. Yeah, we'll see if those higher prices are starting to chip away at consumer confidence. There's only so much we can take, right? Uh, so, Ben, just in terms of earnings, lastly, wanted to get a sense of what's on your radar there. Well, Caroline, in terms of earnings, companies reporting quarterly results, what I've really been looking for is that backdrop to come back into play for investors and traders. Here's a couple of the names that we should be keeping an eye on. This week, we were heavily focused on retail. We'll have a couple retail names to keep an eye on next week. I see Stitch Fix there, Petco, Dick's and uh, Express as well. But, uh, you know, one thing that I've been talking a lot about is how into the end of last year, we're talking uh, November, December, January, we saw earnings companies uh, providing that backdrop for investors. Anytime we had those inflation concerns or unease about what was the Fed going to do, ultimately investors and traders sort of uh, fell back on, again, companies reporting better than expected results and expecting to see that continue. That's sort of shifted now. We're seeing a little bit more uh, less of that backdrop being there for investors. So I'm going to continue to watch some of those retail names to try and get a little bit of a gauge in terms of how the consumer is doing. But across the board, we're looking for any uh, mention of inflationary pressures. The rising dollar ultimately hurts or is a headwind for some of these names. So it'll be key to listen to how the CEOs are responding, for example, to crude oil up and through this $100 level. And uh, again, there's a lot of focus here on this inflationary pressures right now. So uh, I think that will continue to be the case next week as well, in addition to earnings, ecodata, and some of the geopolitical tensions. We'll leave it there. Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures, thanks so much. And thank you for watching. I'm Caroline Woods, and that's your Weekend Trader.